Okay, girls, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> You're alive, okay. Kind of hard first thing in the morning, isn't it? Um, how about if I open with prayer and let's get into week six, lesson five on respect. That's where we'll be headed today. Okay, Father God, thank you so much for the privilege of getting to be here together and to be talking about the incredible gift that you want to give to each and every one of us. Thank you, Father God. Please enter in, and we look forward to it greatly. In Jesus' most wonderful name, amen. Okay, I'm going to hope that you all had a good week. Sometimes we don't have a good week, and that's okay, because through it all, as we've been learning from one week to the next, there are things to be learned in the rough patches as much as in when things go well. So for anyone who may not have had the best week, it's not the end of the world by any means. It's a great learning vehicle. Okay, I had enough time to write the mantra for why we are able to trust God. And by the way, does it say anywhere in here that your job is to trust your husband? No but it is to trust God. Because your husband's a human, and he's not always going to be perfect by a long shot. And he's in the process of becoming, as we are learning to be who God's calling us to be, our husbands will start to respond in time. But let's take a look at this. God is the blessed controller of everything. And he allows everything in our lives, even a bad day, for his glory, so that ultimately we're going to be able to say, look what God is doing here, ultimately, and for our ultimate good, which means it may not feel good right this minute, and it usually doesn't. And my job is to say, I'm holding on, and I'm waiting for this to be in my best interest, sooner or later, and I'm not going to have a time limit on God as to how long that's going to take. Okay, now, um, who knows what the three little things are that are all we need to know in order to love our husbands well. Who knows what those are? Anybody in here? Everybody should be saying, me, 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 me. I know what those three things are. Okay, who is on the throne? Me, or is it God? And you might need to test that often and ask yourself the question. If you're like me, you have to test often. And what's the second one? Keep your husband's cup of esteem full to overflowing. Very good. And we have our husband's good points list that we've been working on developing. And our goal is to have a couple dozen of good points that our husband has. And our goal is to esteem our husband in one of five, all of five ways. What would be the first one? To esteem him to his face. 
The second one would be to esteem him to the children. And the third would be to esteem him to the children when he's there. And then esteem him to others and then to others when he is within earshot. And have any of you been discovering that this is effective? I see some heads blinking up and down. Good, good. It's amazing. It's almost like Pavlov's dog sometimes. <laughs> because once we are energized with the knowledge of how this is going to have an impact, then when our husbands just seem to just lap it up, you say, hmm, there you go. That was really good. I'm so glad that you helped me to think of that, Lord. And what's our third little thing? Respect, the R word. And scripture tells us that our men are made to need respect and affirmation more than anything else. And sometimes if you're like most of us, you're going to find that it feels really tiresome that they need it as much as they do, but they do. And it really makes a difference. Uh, I hope your girls are practicing these three things and practicing at this point, memorizing the three things. Any complaints or questions about the three things? How about the engine and the caboose? What do we know about the engine and the caboose? Where our mindset is, our emotions will follow. How about if I do it this way this time? I'm not even going to put a picture up this time of the engine and the caboose, but the engine drives where our emotions will follow. And the interesting thing about the engine of my mindset is that I choose what I'm going to dwell on. And you have total control over that. And in the past, you didn't know that if you were like me, but now that we know that what I choose to dwell on is up to me to decide. It's very empowering, but it's also uh, a lot of responsibility, isn't it? Well, if you want to go into God's Word, if I were to give you an overview of God's Word, it would be that God's calling us to take responsibility for me first and what God's calling me to be and he takes care of the rest. So responsibility is a huge item in God's economy, and it's all personal. I hope you don't mind that too much. Okay. Um, how about ACTS? Having a quiet time in the morning and dwelling on these four letters helps us to be in the best possible place to then talk with God and hear what he has to say. So what is the first A? Attitude. 
Adoration. Adoration. I woke up early this morning, but I wasn't going to give up my bed yet. And I thought, oh, let me just talk with the Lord. Let's not waste any time here. And I started to dwell on, you know what you have is your God's attribute sheets. And when I dwell on just any one of God's attributes, I'm blown out of the water. It's so outrageous. Can anyone give me their favorite attribute right now? Yeah, the loved one. I can't get over it, ever. The look on your face is the look on my face. It's like I cannot get over the love that the God of the universe has for me. And it's always number one. How is that possible? As I've said many times, we'll find out when we get to heaven because when we get to heaven, Scripture says we'll be able to see everything from God's perspective and understand it. Right now, I don't get it, but I believe it. And it's a choice. And it makes all the difference in the world. And that's just one of multitudes of them. I could sit here and recite a whole bunch of them right now, but we'll take love right this minute. Um, what's the next one? So after I've spent time in my quiet time reflecting on God's wonderful attributes, then I take a moment and I confess any known sin. And if you can't think of anything, just double check by asking the Holy Spirit, is there something I'm missing here? And if there is, boy, will he bring it to your attention quick. And you know what? You're smart if you not only confess it to him, but then determine to make it right with whomever, like your husband probably, that you might have something that needs to be cleaned up. What would be T? Thanksgiving. Now who remembers, you know, our goal is to think and dwell on what uh, we're thankful for, but who remembers what happens right here when we have prayed like this? We have a clean heart. We ha okay, there you have it. We have a clean heart because there's no unconfessed sin. I know who my God is, and I am so thankful. And a thankful heart is a humble heart. So not only are we clean, but we're humble. That means that I know what I'm not, and I know who my God is. And that is a really good place to be. Scripture says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And he then encourages us to choose to be humble. It's something we can choose. And then what's this S part here? Supplication, Supplication which means your gimme list. And if you're like me, you have a very long list that I pray over every day. And sometimes if I'm in a hurry, I'll say, because I have limited time and I've prayed this prayer all week long, I will come back and say, Lord, you know about X, Y, and Z on that list. I don't need to bring it up to you again. That's, that's my temperament. But I also ask questions 
and I seek to hear from God his perspective during this time. So I am hoping that you girls are finding that you are lost without a quiet time in the morning. Okay, now last week we ran out of time when, when we were going to talk about the vows that we make. And if you were to turn to the, toward the end of last week's packet, you would find a sheet that was empty and it was a chart and it had to do with the vows that we make. Now let me explain to you briefly what that's all about. When we have made a vow and everybody's made vows and they are usually silent secret vows that have been made inside of my head as a child as a result of some hurt or disappointment that we have had to live through through our parents, the environment that we were growing up in. And um, all kinds of vows can be made. Like for instance, what if you grew up in a chaotic household and you're saying to yourself, when I grow up, I will never allow myself to be controlled by this kind of a setting again. And then when you grow up, you become an extremely controlling person yourself. <laughs> That's very common. And what if, um, like me, I grew up in the most stultifyingly boring household in the whole world, and one of my great needs is adventure, <laughs> and I had none of it. And so I made a vow. I didn't even realize it till I learned my lesson on vows. So girls, you learn with me, okay? That I had made a vow that when I grow up, I'm going to do everything that it's possible to do. And if I can exhaust anyone around me if we're on vacation, because we are going to do this, 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 until we fall into bed at night. All adventures. And that's what I put my kids through growing up. Phew! <laughs> At any rate, it wasn't until I did the lesson on vows in graduate school that I had to realize that any time that we have made a vow as a young person, what I'm really doing is taking my fist and saying, God, you're not going to touch this one. This is mine and I will have it my way. Does anyone see a problem with that? Yeah, you're putting yourself on the throne. And... I'm on the throne. <laughs> I'm on the throne. And then when I caught on to this, I was horrified. And I realized from now on, my job when it comes to adventures is to say, okay, Lord, you know, I want to do this, 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 this. What would you have me to do? And you know what? He would never go around saying, well, Candy, now that I get to be in control, you're doing none of it. He wouldn't do that to us, but he will be balanced. <laughs> he will be wise because he's God and I'm letting him in on it. And I just wonder what kind of vows you girls might have made. One of the vows I made also, which is 
never very attractive. I had a mom who was extremely critical and judgmental and grudgy. And so what do you think my vow was? When I grow up, I'm going to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, no matter what. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, I'm in graduate school, and they teach us about how it's very important to be evaluative and not just presume that everybody is fine, that I should trust, they call it trusting the affect. If somebody, when I meet them, puts a little alarm going on in, in my head, my job is to pay attention to the alarm and not be naive. Oh, well that was one I had to really clean up. Just because my mother had a critical judgmental view about everyone and everything didn't mean that I was to throw the baby out with the bathwater and think everybody's fine, everything's good, because it may or may not be. God's calling us to be discerning. And if I'm not sure, I can always ask the Holy Spirit, how should I see this, Lord? And then, oh, he gives me clarity. So I wonder what you girls are going to discover when you do the exercise this week. And I would encourage you greatly to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see what kind of vows you have made. Because our job is to take this and open it up so that the Holy Spirit can direct it instead of me. So I'll be looking forward to seeing what you girls come up with. This will be a, a very nice exercise, a good one. Any questions about vows? No? Okay, good. Um, oh, by the way, phones, silent. <laughs> Now, you did the disrespect list last week. Can I hear a concerted groan over having had to do that disrespect list? Uh, how did that go for you? Was it miserable? It is a miserable experience. Is that the one where I circled everything? Did you say you circled everything? I've never, I've never heard anyone say that before. You know, it's very painful, but would you rather not know? Sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's painful to face the truth of, I thought I was doing okay. Right. And then to go, oh, just tone of voice. voice. Tone of voice. That's just one of them. And you know what? Oh, <laughs> you think you're helping when you do the, these things. Yes. Well, guess what? I love that you noticed that because it helps us to see the lies that we learned about last week that Satan feeds us rather than God's truth, which, you know, is it's not. I hope by now, girls, you're getting used to the reality of our sin nature that we keep bringing up every week a little more and a little more. 
so that we can be <clears throat> more accepting of it, especially because we know that our goal is to overcome these awful things that we're discovering about ourselves. Remember, when I started my process, I thought I was a lily white Christian wife and that I had a husband with a rage problem. That's what I thought it was all about. And by the time I finished lesson 10, I was devastated to see that I got an F in God's economy. So if I got an F, I think that there's a fair chance that some of you may be in the CD range at the very least. Probably an F. Why not? Um, I hope you all took the extra page for the minutia. That is a present from me to you, and I would have to say it's a present to me because I read over that page every morning to keep me straight about how God really wants to be involved in every part of my moment today. And one of my favorite, ver I mean, they're all my favorite verses, but one of my favorites is whether I turn to the right or to the left, my ear will hear a voice behind it saying, this is the way, walk in it. What a relief. You know, scripture's telling us that when we walk arm in arm with Jesus Christ, that we can live freely and lightly. Even as we're learning all kinds of stuff about ourselves that we hate to see, we can be free and light because the Holy Spirit's going to make me aware, since we're doing the hard work every morning of looking at where my Fs are, then I pray for him to give me eyes today so that I can see where I need to be this new behavior and I can relax because he's gonna give me eyes to see. And I'm bringing my intentionality to do it if the Holy Spirit will help me. That's gonna be the key. So enjoy that minutia sheet uh, as much as I do, I hope. Um, last week we talked briefly about how important it is to trust our husband's judgment. I don't know if I gave you the full enchilada on that, but when I was learning about trusting my husband's judgment, which I did not do, I couldn't imagine trusting Ed's judgment. I said to, I said to the Lord, what if he sells me and the kids to hell in a handbasket? And I had to ask God, well, what if Ed screws up? What if my husband screws up and I've trusted his judgment? Well, number one, Ed was gonna be responsible for the choices he made before the Lord. Okay, number two, could I trust God to take, ultimately to take care of me and the kids if he really screwed up badly? And I thought about it and I thought, absolutely. He will take care of me and the kids. So, since trusting my husband's judgment is almost the single greatest affirming need that our husbands have, my job was to trust it. But I have to tell you, it was so hard for me, I had to practice saying it out loud three or four times. I just kept saying, I trust your judgment, Ed, you make good decisions. And I kept repeating it because it was so foreign to me. And then, of course, God gave me the first opportunity to say it. And when I said it, he immediately helped me to realize this is so important and valuable, Candy. 
don't quit. And I was so glad I did. And you know what? It makes it so easy to do when you think it through about what's going to ultimately happen. And God, and you know what? God has never failed me in that regard with either of my two husbands. He's always been great with that. Um, I'm presuming everybody has learned lots about nagging. What does nagging tell our husbands? We don't trust him. Well, I don't trust him. He's probably stupid. Why do I have to say it twice? And so I've eminently disrespected him. I think that might be number one on the disrespect list, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it is. Well, there's a reason for that. And the reality is, do I need to repeat it? Usually not. Usually not. Usually not. And if I ask the Lord, Lord, I want to say this again, he will usually help me to realize, no, you don't. No, you don't. Just shut up, Candy, once more. Shut up. And he does that a lot with me. Turn it off. Quick. Okay, I think I can stop here and hand Pam over to you.